Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyers and Sellers podcast. Hope you're doing well this week. And this week we're joined by esteemed photographer and local professional Peter Schneider. Peter, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ken, and hello to your listeners. And a big thank you, Ken, for having me on your show today. Really well, nice to be here and chat well, with you. You're very welcome, and it's great to have you on board. Peter, for those of you that don't know, is a fantastic professional photographer, and we use him locally on all of our shoots. And he's here today to give us some hints, and he's going to give us the top five things that you can do to make sure that your shoot goes as good as it can on the day when you get your house on the market. So we're going to get into that in a minute. First of all, I'm going to start with the news headlines. And then, of course, we've got the quote of the day at the end of the show. And then we're going to go count down the five top things that you can do to make sure your shoot goes well. So first of all, starting with some headlines of the week, obviously budget day last week, and we knew it was going to be busy, but it's been surprising. Right move. They had their busiest day ever with visits surpassing nine million for the first time and 6% higher than on the summer statement day on 8th of July last year. They say the combination of the stamp duty extension and introduction of 5% mortgage scheme saw new buyers flock to estate agent contacts and 82% up on 2020. New analysis estimates that sellers should aim to come to market by Tuesday, 23rd of March, in order to make use of the 250,000 nil rate stamp duty ban by the end of September. Of course, the June deadline, which we all want to make, is something that you should already be on the market for. And if you're not, you need to get going very, very soon. Um, but the 250,000 band here in London, it's gone from 125,000 to 250 between June and September. Many of you will know it's not a very significant difference when you think that if you can buy before the end of June, you're saving 15,000 pounds. In some areas, the north 99% of properties are up for sale for 250 or less compared with just 5% of properties in London. So you see the disparity here in London. The problem is getting them through before June, and it's a bit of a cliff edge, I think, but we'll wait and see. The most affordable towns and cities in Britain to buy a property in have been revealed by Zoopla, going on to the competition now, instead of right mover on to Zoopla. It based its calculations on house price to earnings ratios, and the quaint town of Shildon in County Durham topped the list with an average property price of £59,468, and the price of to earnings ratio of 1.1. In Scotland, Ayrshire dominated with Kilburnie and Cunnock rating third and fourth place respectively. A separate list of towns which have set the biggest increase in affordability includes Cleetermore in Cumbria and Malvern in Worcestershire. The Malvern Hills in Worcestershire are beautiful, by the way. Love those. Uh, the bank also uh, identified Barking and Dagenham as the most affordable areas and Oldham as one of the most affordable in Manchester. And Lazelles takes a crown in Birmingham. Another headline from the Times this week, UK housing wealth hit a record high of 7.56 trillion, more than four times the value of all the companies in the FTSE 100. You can see now why the Trump Chancellor made it such a priority in his budget when it's actually bigger than the company itself. The house price forecasts are lifted for most estate agents across the UK, according to the Financial Times, and Knight Frank has raised its annual budget to from zero to 5%. There's been some concerns over watchdog independence. There's a new independent housing body that may conflict with the government. And basically what they're saying is that the representatives of the newly unveiled housing watchdog include conservative politicians, um, 
and party supporters. Now, this is one of the problems I've said for a long time, and it's one of the reasons why Help to Buy never did, really, because it went to all the big builders. But now, at last, they've done it properly, and we're waiting to see how these 5% deposits help first-time buyers, which for the first time are allowed for second-hand properties, the, the second-hand market, as opposed to just new build, which just encouraged builders to increase their prices. So could be very good news for buyers. Remains to be seen what the rates will be. That starts in April, so we're excited to that. Now, back to the topic of the day. Peter. Yes, I'm still here, Ken. Good morning. Good morning. Right, let's talk about photography. Now, um, we use Peter for all of our shoots because the results he gets are superb. Um, one of the things that I always think is that when you're doing a property shoot, there is a very fine line between showing a property in its best light and misleading. And contrary to popular belief, um, good agency is not about overstating or being over enthusiastic about facts. In other words, making rooms look bigger than they are or making it out that there's perhaps more space than there is. Because the problem with that is that people will see the photographs view and then be bitterly disappointed that's not going to sell your property. So it's really important to get an accurate picture on the one hand, and there's a fine balance, isn't there, Peter, on that side? Yes, indeed. You don't want to over, over you don't want to over light things or, or to try to make things look so artistically fantastic. Absolutely. So uh, I capture things uh, as naturally as I can. Yeah, today. and you do that very well. Um, and obviously, light's a big part of this as well. But tell us, what are your top five tips? Starting with number five, what's your fifth most important thing people should be looking at for their photography shoot when selling uh, their property? Let's start with the outside of the house. I'm thinking uh, light. You just mentioned light, Ken. I'm thinking the sunshine. I know I can do a little bit of uh, computer wizardry, magic uh, touches, add in some blue sky and brighten up grasses and houses, but you can't beat a real natural day of blue sky or sunshine on the front of the building. Uh, if there's a certain time of day when the sun actually hits the front of your house or, or building, get the photographer around to come around either in the morning, the afternoon, whatever time you think is going to be the best shot, if the sun is actually going to come out, uh, try and book that time of day you can't beat it yeah. um, uh, it sometimes it actually might be worth going back in the evening an evening shot could look fantastic if you've got a sunset behind your house if your garden's going towards the west and the front's sort of nice and lit up with some some lights in the windows open the doors it gets a nice orange glow gives a yeah. warm fiery feel it's kind definitely of, so get the, come back in the evening it'll cost you a bit more but it'll sell yeah. We sometimes do it, don't we, Peter? And those twilight shoots are lovely, aren't they? That, as you say, that lovely orange glow, especially in the winter. I think it feels more special. I think in the summer, you know, we like to emphasize fireplaces. Going for a walk in the winter and coming back to a nice, warm, glowing red fireplace, and you get that red glow coming from the windows. Yes. And it doesn't want to be too late in the evening. It's got to be just sunset or just after sunset, as you say, twilight yeah. time. Ideal. Night time is going to be just dark and um, dark and too dark. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're looking at your house, what you've got to do before your photographer comes around, think about that and try and stage it at a time when you know the sun will be on the front of the house. And and I totally echo that, Peter. I think that's a great yeah, advice. Yeah, but we, 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 I, I can always add in a bit of fake blue sky, as I call it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not the same, is it, as a natural sun hitting a house and the yeah. shadows that that creates? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I walk past the settings and I can, I can easily spot a, a fake blue sky. 
Yeah, absolutely. Many people can. And I also think that, you know, that shot, that front shot is so critical because actually that's the one we'll be displaying on right move. That's the first thing you're going to see. And when people choose whether they're going to click on your property. So I think that's a brilliant tip. Absolutely. And make sure, of course, when we're talking about the front of the house, that you've done everything you can to make it present as well as it possibly can. So if that door needs painting, paint it. You know, if that garden needs a bit of tidying up and pruning, do that. Perhaps a splash of colour as well, Peter. I always think flowers are quite a nice addition in the front there. Even if you put a pot out that's not there at the moment, buy one. <laughs> and and, and the, uh, one of my things I hate in front of houses is those ghastly dust bins, big black bins so around my place. Yeah. There's like three or four bins outside every house. Yeah, this is a massive problem now, isn't it? Because we have all these different bin types. And I, yeah, I absolutely agree. So if you've got bins in front of your house, you know, put them in front of your neighbor's house for a moment. Tell them it's happening. Say, look, do you mind if I just chuck the bins over there for a moment, just so we can get the front shot because it makes a difference. Great tip. OK, what's number four, Peter? Number four is uh, going inside. I'm looking at personal items you've got in the house. You might have family photos. You might have mm. stuff because you won a prize or you've done a good job somewhere. Uh, this personal thing, some some people don't like particularly showing off all their stuff, all their family photos, their babies, their kids, their mums. Also, things like religious, you might have lots of religious pictures or artefacts or even political bits around the house. It could put somebody off. Mm. You want to have your house nice and open to anybody can come along. Yeah. A fridge magnets look, they might look good to you, but when I'm coming to, to photograph the house, that white fridge covered in random shapes and sizes and colours and sticky stuff. It just looks to me, uh, I'd probably try and cut it out of the picture. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it takes a minute, doesn't it, to just clear those fridge magnets off and makes a massive difference. You know, they might be fun and might remind you of stuff, but actually buyers just want to see clean lines. And they've probably been there for years and years anyway, covered in dust and cobwebs hanging from them. Absolutely. It kind of means when I'm photographing a kitchen, if, if your fridge is looking messy, I'm going to cut it out of the picture, which could mean a whole chunk of your kitchen might be missing on the other side. Whereas yeah. if I, you've got the fridge nice and clean, I'm going to shoot the whole kitchen so you get a, the full space. Absolutely. And also, yeah. computer screens, going back to personal items, computers, if you've got a computer turned on, it could have your information, you might have your work showing up on the screen. Yeah. Turn the computer off or just turn the screen off at least or fold it down if you've got a laptop. Yeah, they glow out, don't they? I always say, you know, always make sure your screens are turned off because it just glows in the picture, looks horrible. And the other thing I find is the thing that, that really I always say to people is, you know, if you see a colour that really pops on screen and it's not flowers and it's not aesthetically pleasing, such as a bunch of flowers or some striking pot that just happens to go well with your kitchen or whatever, you know, those kiddies toys with the bright orange and yellow, that's what that's going to pop, isn't it? You're going to your eye is going to be drawn to that. So. Anything your eye is going to be drawn to can be a problem, can't it? Yeah, you're, you're, you're sneaking into some of my other top tips. <laughs> I'll shut up, Peter. <laughs> Let's move on. What's next? Uh, number three, I'm going back to, uh, to uh, exteriors again. Um, as you mentioned earlier, um, tidy up the tidy up the front. Well, and I mentioned dustbins. Also, car, if you've got a nice driveway, take, take your car off the front. Although it's, it might show if you've got a fancy car, but if without the car, it comes up, shows a big space, how wide the... Yeah the houses you can actually get a car or perhaps two on the front um in the gardens exteriors people just sometimes chuck bags of rubbish they might have an old bag of cement when they did a wall job two years ago and it's still there they've got rusty old toys or the kids don't ride bikes anymore a rusty old ladder which never gets used it's just there in the garden covered in yeah. in ivy and moss and just 
take it away, put it towards, hide it behind the shed, put it near somewhere where it can be hidden out of way down the side of the house. Just make it look more attractive and interesting from, from the garden point of view. The garden may be the second nice place you're going to be. If you're going to spend summer evening out in the garden, you want it to look good in the picture. People get an idea in their head. They can sit there and have a glass of orange juice and a, and a, and a, and a cake, slice of cake. Absolutely. What's next, Peter? Uh, actually, just, just one other thing for the exteriors. Close the windows of the houses. They look much nicer if the windows are closed. Uh, we're going up to number two, aren't we? Number two. Uh, room, rooms, I think, should be bright and cheerful. You mentioned nice bright colours of, of flowers and I'm thinking of fruit in kitchens, nice not a fresh bowl of fruit, not those uh, black bananas we see um, sometimes people have. Big bowl of fruit, flowers, not too many, too many colours because it can be distracting from the eye. And brightness, we need perhaps to turn some lights on because the corners of rooms can be a bit dull and dark. And having the light on gives you that warm glow again, yeah. more attractive. Open curtains if you can and blinds. Just open the room and let the light come into the room so we can actually see what's outside, especially if you've got a nice garden. If you've got the, the back of a house, you've got patio doors, get the curtains open so we can see through into the garden, how nice brings the garden into the house. Yeah, definitely. And the neck curtains can be a problem. They, they just blur the light, make everything just go white. Take the neck curtains down. If take them got... down. Yes, take them down. Couldn't agree more, Peter. Absolutely. Yeah, it's much nicer. Um, and just get that nice, warm, bright, airy feeling for the inside. So it's yeah. cheerful, it's welcoming, it's attractive. Yeah. Uh, you might have an empty property. If, you, if people have got empty properties, we can make them cleaner and brighter too. Don't leave all the rubbish around in, in bags, black bags stuck in the corner, or if you're doing some building work, tidy all those uh, brushes and pots and, and screwdrivers away. Don't leave in the middle of the floor. I've been to some places when in the middle of the floor is just full of the builder's work still, and they expect me to move all those drills and paint pots out of the way. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. Be ready for your photographer. He can only have so much patience. Yeah, I've only, I haven't got that many muscles to lift that some of that heavy, heavy, uh, heavy uh, lifting gear they've got in there. Great, thanks, Peter. That's my number two. And the big one now. We're we're up to number one. The most important thing that you should do before your property shoot. Listen, folks, this is coming straight from one of the best property photographers in London. Well, it's going to be very common sense, and that's going to be tidy up your house. Don't have the kids' toys all over the place. And if you're in the bedroom, we don't want dirty clothes all over the beds. I've been to a, a rented place, a tenanted place, and the tenant was still in bed as well. When I got there, <laughs> she's still in bed on her telephone, clothes all over the floor. So tidy up is my two word number one. Yes. The sense, but people don't always do it. Mm. No, I agree, Peter. And I think that um, what I always say is people want to see a house not as they'll actually live there, but as they think they might. And the more upmarket your house, the more of a lifestyle you're trying to sell as opposed to just the house. So if you've got a house that, that's flashy, don't think, oh, I won't bother because my house is really nice. Actually, it's even more important because people are imagining how they might live because your house has all these perhaps modern convenience or, or these great places for storage. And if it, things aren't put away, people tend to think it's a messy house. They don't think 
you're messy, they think the house is messy, and yeah. that affects what they might offer. I, I, I kind of tell people, say, imagine if you were looking to book a hotel online, if you see a hotel room and it's nice, it's bright, it's colourful, it's cheerful, you're more likely to book that hotel than if you see a hotel with some rooms where there's got clutter, messy, some Sainsbury's bags down the side of the sofa, there's dead pot plants in the windowsill, it's a bit grubby, you're more likely going to go for the place which is nicer and welcoming and it says buy me virtually. It's just, it's just like if you were booking a hotel, you want to go to somewhere which looks nicer and wants you to draw you in. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's common sense really, but people don't always think about these things. And even no. and you think about everything around, if you're in the, the bathroom, for example, bathroom, so many people have pots and bottles of coloured shampoos and soaps and mouthwashes. And, yeah. and cleaning stuff and they've always bright colors as yeah. you said earlier ken it just takes your eye away from the main picture yeah anything that draws the eye that is not there designed for purpose to make it look more beautiful should be hidden and if that means putting it in a plastic bag and under the bed that's all good better than leaving it out right uh maybe not put it under the bed ken if you can't see it under the bed that's one of my things for the bedrooms. Just don't put too many things under the bed that it's sticking out the side. If you're going to be well hidden under the bed, that's fine. Of you're course. Bright orange bags from Tesco's and, and, and uh, Sainsbury's and Asda, et cetera. Yeah. So it's shine out from under the bed. Uh, shoes. People stuff their shoes under the bed. think you can't see them. Well, of course you can see them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things we touched on earlier on was about wide angle lenses, Peter. And I think, you know, there's a very fine line, isn't there? I know you don't do this, but I see many shots which make lounges look more than twice the size they really are. And not only is it unfair, but I don't think it achieves the purpose because people arrive and are just disappointed, you know? Mm. Well, I kind of, it depends on the photographer. If the photographer knows what he's doing, you won't get that effect. Yeah. Um, I, I have got a wide angle lens. It's not an ultra, ultra wide angle lens. It's wide angle. It's wide enough not to make it look too exaggerated. Yeah. You've got that balance just about right. I want to talk a little bit about props. I mean, we uh, we wrote a blog on this recently, and there were a few things because people are probably thinking, well, what can I do? And you're quite right, Peter, in terms of clearing the decks, but also props in the kitchen, things like a wooden board piled high with rustic leaves of bread, cheeses, bowls of fresh fruit, as you mentioned, strawberries, apples, and limes work well champagne and pastries you don't have to pop the champagne just for it to be there you know to look inviting flowers that chime with a home you know wildflowers for a country farmhouse or lilies for modern properties things like that um in the living areas pillar candles fresh flowers high-end magazines coffee table books in the bedrooms and bathrooms crisp iron sheets plump pillows fluffy white tiles and spartan salon quality toiletries so real high-end toiletries that just look good, not with bright garish colours, just real high quality items. Yeah. And outside space, as Peter said, they're important too. And out there you can think about tea lights, church candle lanterns, a flowering plant as a centrepiece on a table, perhaps hanging baskets, you know, and then you're getting your, your message right across. Um, and no one knows your home as well as you do. I'd say that as well. So don't forget to tell the photographer, if there's a part of the home that particularly appeals or looks great at a particular time, then make sure that you have a chat with the photographer and say, we'd really like to emphasize this part of the home because this is important to us. And I know, Peter, that, you know, we get lots of people come back to us and say, what a lovely guy your photographer is. So I know that you have those open conversations with people all the time. And I think it's important because we want to depict people's homes the way that they understand them with the features 
that they've enjoyed over the years that they feel are priorities. And I know you do that for people. Well, if, 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 when somebody's living in a house, the first thing that sold them on a house, they might say it was a lovely lounge at the back or a lovely stairway at the front. If they, if they tell me that, that's that's that I need to try and capture that for the new person might have exactly the same impression. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that because one of the things I say to people is exactly that, Peter. When I go to see them and we're marketing their house, you know, I often say to them, you know, I can see several things that are nice about this house, but tell me, what sold it to you? Yeah. And quite often, the thing that sold it to them is the prominent thing in my mind. And then we've got to think, okay, this is our marketing feature. This is the big thing about this house. It might be the garden, might be the huge lounge, might be the fantastic kitchen, diner, could be the bathroom, could be anything. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a teamwork thing. They, they've been living there for 5, 10, 20, 50 years. Yeah. They tell me what they like exactly. I do go and ask them what, what, what areas of place you like. Or if, even at the end of the shoot, I'll show them my pictures and say, have I, have I missed some important area? And they say, oh, we haven't got a shot of the garden from from the bedroom it looks absolutely lovely looking down looking down onto the garden you get the whole view yeah you can see the park behind you can see this you can see that so okay let's go and do that then if i've missed something please tell me yeah absolutely and peter you've been on both sides obviously you actually um sold your property through us many years ago that's how we met um and you actually showed us how to use our cameras before we gave up and realized that whatever we did we weren't quite as good as you and just stuck our hands up and said peter please do this for us but you were actually a great tutor and you know having sold your house and been through that how are you feeling about things right now in the property market have you been following it uh of course i'm thinking of moving again funny enough ken it's been 10 years wow. Got to starting to uh, downsize now. We upsized again um, ten years ago. Through, uh, coming through you, yeah. I want to downsize. I want to sort of semi-retire and um, slow down a bit. Spend some of that money I've got built up in the house. Good for you. I think the market is really good at the moment. There are so many people moving. They want bigger properties, home offices. I've photographed so many places nowadays. People have just got a computer stuck up at the back of the bedroom, which doesn't look good. Yeah. And they've got a big black office chair in the bedroom. It just takes up so much space. Get rid of that black office chair, turn the computer off. It just makes the space, the bedroom looks look smaller. The more stuff you've got in a room, it just makes the room look smaller. Yeah. The people are after those extra spaces. They want a garden space for themselves. Yeah. The this is what we're finding as well, Peter. One, good. Yeah. One of the big trends we're finding right now is people looking for two things, office space and gardens. And so it's funny, you mentioned both in, in there. And that's absolutely what we're finding is that the lockdown has brought those things to bear, hasn't it? And I think personally that now we've had this lockdown, there are certain ways that we work that are not going to change. More people are going to work from home than ever. Yeah. Um, this is a change that was coming inevitably in the next 10 years, I think anyway but i think this has just brought it forward and i don't think we're going back to the way that we were before i think it'll be different now so people need more a little space in the house they can call a, an office sometimes if some friends of mine have built sheds at the bottom of the garden if you've got a nice biggish garden you put yeah. your own at the bottom a little man cave get your electric down there but you can't beat the house really nice i'm lucky enough to have a big enough house where i've got a spare room i can turn it into an office space yeah it's on the top floor it's away from everybody else away from the noise away from the doorbell ringing next door's dog barking away in the garden it doesn't matter absolutely yeah quite lucky and fortunate really yeah um so in terms of uh, we, i know we've got a lot of shoots probably coming up for you in the next month how we see the market going is we're probably going to be busy for about the next month and then as people are not confident that they'll hit the june deadline and save the 15k we expect to see it tailing off a bit and it'll be interesting to see what happens because 
the stamp duty deadline, you know, it's been it's been moved, but it hasn't meant that things are going to be any different, really, in my view. Here in London, there's still a cliff edge, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens post-June when that incentive to move has gone. But what's great about it is it's hit almost at the perfect time. We've got the vaccination program rolling on. We've got the first time buyer scheme now coming through in April. And obviously springtime is the peak time for the property market. So all these things combined make it a really good time for people to move. And they are taking advantage of it. It'd be really interesting to see what happens because it's a year like no other, isn't it, really? It has been very unusual, up and down, up and down. Uh, but the, the, with that uh, free stamp duty on for half a million stamp duty last year, it got really, really madly busy. Absolutely. Lucky all time for us, for us, and for you, photographer, for all the people around it. Brilliant. People are more excited to actually move. They actually want to move it because it spurs them on. People think about it, think about it, and nothing ever gets done. And it's that little push that makes people, let's go and do it. We've got to do it now. We've got to do it now. Absolutely. It's been a big nudge for people, for sure. And certainly, you know, we're finding that at the moment and we expect it to continue, obviously. So at least up until the next month or so, when people are looking like, will we be able to make that deadline? And if we can't, perhaps we'll, we'll hold off and see what happens post June. Um, so, you know, it'd be really interesting to see what happens post that point. I think the rest of the country is different from London here in London, where that saving is significant of 15,000. Be really interesting to see what happens going forward. And we will keep you advised right here on the Property Buyers and Sellers podcast weekly. So thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back with another edition. And Peter Schneider, thank you so much for your time. Do look him up. He's a fantastic photographer. If you need a photographer or anything, I can't recommend him highly enough. Not only that, really great guy, too. And the surname is S-C-H-N-E-I-T-E-R. So make sure you look up Peter Schneider Photography. Fantastic guy. And lastly, quote of the week. This one is an old one that comes from a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, it's a book that helped me with my sales career for many years. And it's one worth looking up if you've never read it. And it's a simple one. People convinced against their will are of the same opinion still people convinced against their will are of the same opinion still i think that's a really valid thing and you need to consider that when you're talking to people and you don't agree with them that if you push too hard it actually has the reverse effect but um that's it for this week thanks everyone for listening and i hope you can join us next week for another edition if you're listening through itunes or your favorite podcast machine please like and rate us that will get us what we want, higher rankings. Many thanks. Stay safe. 